Hello, you're listening to Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. This is Burden of Proof with Colin and Reese. Reese is frantically playing with knobs on the other side. He's looking a bit terrified. Oh, squeaky. But I think uh, we're going to play uh, Golden Smog as a start. Yeah, I was, I was one hand short then. I had to do three things at once uh, and only had two hands in which to do it. But uh, anyway, 97.2 Radio Reverb, welcome. And uh, we're going to start with... Golden Go- Smog, Walk Go- Walked. There we go. Perhaps instead of that, we, there's uh, ever so slight technical issues that we're having here. So uh, perhaps instead of that, we're going to play the other one. <laughs> That's Alella Diane Suzanne. We'll see if that one works. Okay. I'll just we'll just keep the microphone up, and if it doesn't work, I'll I'll blather about something while you frantically run about the place. What a good idea. Because I don't do anything technical.
tried to play earlier and had a minor technical hitch all uh, been resolved now yeah I'm, I'm, I'm actually amazed with myself that I managed to fix something on Radio Reverb rather than just the, the panicking and flailing your arms yeah the usual sort of breaking things which is, is more my style um, if you're listening to this on uh, on Saturday the 29th of October when we go out live uh, then uh, tonight is White Night very exciting evening for, uh, for Brighton in which uh, for those of you who don't know just loads and loads of uh, amazing things happen and it's one of those kind of nights where I, I, I feel sort of similar to what I feel about when it's the, uh, the the festival fringe, in that whatever I'm kind of doing, I always think that there's something else far more interesting going on somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, there's kind of like, oh, there's loads of secret things going on that you don't even know about. Um, Is this like the, uh, the third time? I don't know. It'll be the third time I've been, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's been the third time that Brighton's done White Night. But I feel like it's a relatively new thing. It is. I think it's only in the last couple of years that they've done it. Um, because I, I believe a, a couple of years back there was the burning of the clocks. And is that completely I've been separate? To that. no, that's completely separate because that's, so that's for the solstice. Yeah, but that's oh, that was was that last week? Or the uh, shortest days burning of the clocks? Instead, we're definitely not in shortest day territory. No, that's the twenty first of December, isn't it? So there you go. That's burning of the clocks. Oh, right, okay. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting a nod thing. from people in the background. That's yeah, uh, burning of the clocks is the twenty first of December. Isn't Our it? wise researchers who hang why. out in the corner. I don't know why I had that in my mind that that was the, the same thing as White Night. No. Anyway, anyway, there you go. So uh, so go and check loads of things out. Uh, there was. Um, there were some people setting up some crazy kind of uh, white sort of birds, huge sort of pigeons and sculptures and things uh, by the fountain opposite the King and Queen, uh, which looked very exciting. And, uh, and and there was something I was looking at in three and ten never-ending stories, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna play the never-ending story uh, well, at four in the morning. Brilliant. Yeah. There's one that I was interested in that's happening. I think part of it's under the pier, where they're doing stories through flick books, and you have to walk around 
and then you get given flick books that give you the next part of the story. Oh, right. It's like a little 10 minute thing, and it goes on, I think, from you know 7 pm till 4 am or so. Yeah. Just in little sessions, that should be quite good. I wonder how many people are still out and about doing stuff at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, it goes on till sunrise, doesn't it? Because yeah. then they, they do all sorts of stuff all the way through. Yeah. I think it's about 6 pm till 7 am. I don't know, I've never, I've never made it all the way through. As a person who's committed to the last train home, yeah. Anything that happens after eleven thirty <laughs> is none of my business. That's a cut off time. Yeah. yeah, that's where I that's where I cut it off. I'm hoping that the guys from the uh, Brighton Make team are going to be doing something because last year they did a really good thing where they were making little badges. Oh right. And you could solder it. I've still got my badge attached to my backpack that I wear to Reverb every week, where you kind where, of solder it doing yourself. That? Um, I'm bad at road names, but it was down near North Lane area. Oh right, okay. Uh, near kind of Dirty Harry. Area. Okay. If that helps. Sydney Street. Yeah, that that bit. <laughs> yeah, down the back right. road there. <laughs> but you made little badges and they were quite fun. They had um, everyone got an indiv- a different colour that their light blinked. And then if you went near someone with a different colour, you picked up that colour. And you had two colours. Wow. And then in each big group they did. They like your like your Nintendo 3 3D, 3DS Street Pass. Exactly. Like system. That. This is why it appealed to me. It was <laughs> everything the, I like it, about walking near people without actually interacting. That was with the them. precursor to the 3DS sort of it was. Uh, the system. Same technology. But then they'd make one person a zombie. And that person could infect people. Oh, I like it. So I remember there was a bit of a panic around um, one of the main roads. I think it was on New Road mm. when bumped into a group of people who'd clearly been infected because their badges were flashing, and thinking, "Oh no, gotta get away from them." Stay but it was a lot of fun. People. It was very good. So. I think um, I think Brighton is is one of the rare places where everyone kind of comes out for these sort of things, don't they? Everyone sort yeah. of does take part and does generally sort of take an interest in it. And I imagine people come from. Uh, you know, miles around for that sort of thing. I'd be quite interested to go to the one in Amiens. The, um, the is that the French I was, was going to ask you that where it is that the French equivalent is Amiens. Apparently, Amiens. I've no idea where Amiens is in France. Uh, perhaps they probably the, do a lot of it in French, though. That is which true. Would probably be less convenient for me. That would as be a non-French speaker. A barrier to enjoyment, I would say. You'd be all right. You're all yeah. you're a linguist. I can pick up a few bits and bobs here and there, but uh, mainly if it's uh, visual art, then I suppose it'd be okay. Still, it'd be a nice excuse to go so to France. That'll be a nice evening. And, yeah. you've, and you've had your half term? I have, yeah. So you've had a week off and you're ending it with White Knight. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I've, had, I've had a week sort of half off. You, 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 you get time away from children, but you don't get time off work as such. Yeah, you do. And I, uh, <laughs> I enjoy, I've got enough friends who are teachers or trainee teachers now that I enjoy assuming yeah. that you basically have a part-time job. That I finish at three o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, you finish at three o'clock in the afternoon and you saunter home. Yeah. And you spend all of your summer holidays just sitting there in a deck chair. Yeah. And all of your half term doing the same. Yeah. And all you're really doing at work is playing with kids. <laughs> It's just, yeah, I mean, it's fun to, it's just like babysitting, really. Yeah, basically. You're yeah. just an overpaid babysitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, if only that were true. That's what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was how they sold it to you yeah. when you got the discount on your student loan. Certainly not what I got. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's I've, I've been in school the last couple of days, actually, uh, Thursday and Friday doing sort of full full days, really, just on my own in the just classroom. Just on your own, just practising. Yeah. You've been writing your name on the board and trying to get it so you don't run out of space. Because, well, do you know, like, you know, I'm used, to, I'm used to kind of desks, and on a desk you can't really fit a great deal of stuff. Um, but, I mean, even even the, the, the small amount of stuff that you do have, you think, oh, I'll, I'll, that would look better slightly over there, or, you know, I'll put it over so there. So is this your desk as a teacher? No, 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 I'm, ta- I'm talking in, in general terms about, about having a desk at work, sort of thing. Oh, oh have, I understand now, sorry. If sorry. you have, like, an office job, you have certain things on your desk. and you, Yes, I you do know, that. Um, I have it, a stationary organisation. Unless, unless you're of. one of the sort of um, one of those op- organisations at hot desk, and you know you 
it's just there for today and then it's not yours anymore hot desking never happens though i've been i've i've been i've tempted offices where hot desking was and everyone still has photos of their kids yeah and loads of their stuff and we'll get very upset if you just sat at their desk and, and announced that you were hot just desking. stand behind you with their hands and, like, on the hips. boss had a bigger desk yeah with a nicer chair <laughs> i was always tempted to come in early just yeah. sit there and say i'm hot desking like, this is a hot this is, desk this is my desk today <laughs> um but anyway yeah, the, what my point was um is that in the classroom the classroom is just full of stuff everywhere there's just endless amounts of stuff everywhere and uh, and so a lot of my time is kind of uh, moving s- things from one area of the, the room to the other where I think they might be better suited or you know I might be so you're like feng shui in your classroom I'm, yeah, I'm going to see why you think teaching so hard it's because you're spending all your time mucking about I think that's kids pro- don't care I think that's probably the case kids aren't going to walk in and go oh the posters are nicely arranged today well you think so but I think they do I think you know no they do no probably. they don't care um, anyway, we're going to play. Uh, we're going to carry on with the song, and uh, and it's Tori Amos with uh, Happy Phantom. I think. Happy Phantom. I, I think I, I think I only know Professional Widow when it comes it's to Tori. It's a song Amos. that isn't Professional Widow. Right, okay. that helps at all. Is it as good? She has got quite a few albums. I imagine. I imagine rather she has. than just. And I think the version you know is probably the remix rather than the one she actually did. Yep. So <laughs> we can just pretend this is your induction to Tori Amos. So there we go. Happy Phantom, Tori Amos. Chasing the nuns out in the yard And I'll run naked through the street with all my mask on And I will never need umbrellas in the rain I wake up in strawberry feeds every day And the atrocities of school I can't forgive The happy phantom has no right to bitch Thank you. 
So that was uh, Dream On by Aerosmith. Early, early Aerosmith. And you can just hear the voice of the, the Aerosmith scream. That we all know and love, the Stephen Tyler scream. I had, do you remember a little while ago on the show, you started playing the very compelling game of thinking of famous people who have two first names? Uh, like Elton John. Oh, right. So, like so two, two Christian names as, as, as a first name as their name. And, okay. and we, we got emails in and everything else. Yeah. Last night, while half asleep, I kind of invented my own variation of this. Okay, go on. Which isn't the same. <laughs> but I started imagining, if you think of famous people who've got the same surname, mm-hmm. and then imagining them in some kind of sitcom pilot as if they were a family. So maybe Roger Moore, Demi Moore, Michael Moore. Oh, I see. And whoever right. else, and, uh, trying to build a little family out of them. Okay. And I was doing that, and I thought that would be a fun little challenge. I don't know. If it's it's trickier to think of them off the top of your head. Yeah. Have you got? Have you thought of any more apart I, from the I, Moore family? I had the family? Moore family. There were four of them. I've forgotten one of them. Okay. Um, I've the, got one. I've got one. Okay. What's that? The Baldwins. Well, that's, <laughs> I don't think that's in the spirit of the game, Reese. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think you've ruined that. You can do quite a good one with the Jacksons, but you do end up with a lot of the Jackson family. But you've also got Peter Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah. They can hang out. 
What, um, what kind of role would Samuel L. Jackson play? Well, this is this is what's kind of fun about. I say you have to kind of assign them, assign them. A kind of a mum and a dad figure. You try and go for the nuclear family, so yeah, like a mum and a dad figure. Okay. Which for the Moors, I was thinking Roger's got to be the dad. Right, Roger. So that so with Demi Moore, okay, be the mum and dad, and then Michael Moore, perhaps the rebellious teenage son. Yeah. Okay. Dudley Moore was the other one. Oh, you Dudley, Dudley Moore. Moore in the family. <laughs> um, He's what? quite small, so he could play a kid. Yeah. But I, I was doing this. This is what okay. I did while half asleep last night. And I thought you might be able to chip in on this. Yeah, no. I'll, well, I'll definitely have a think about it next time that there's a song on, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a game. You'll puzzle it over. Yeah, if I'll, you've got, if you've got any, if you're listening, I'll it. if you can think of a good family that would work like that, that's true. Actually, uh, um, email in. We have had one email already. That's uh, oh, we've from, already got one email. A guy called Mike that just put a smiley face after he heard the words "never-ending story." Oh, that's that nice. It. So someone named Mike has just emailed yeah. us a smiley face. Uh, Mike, if you're interested, or perhaps you're, you're putting on the never-ending story thing and you're just uh, enjoying the plug of it, but uh, never-ending story will be shown at 4am in the library bar, which I believe is, is the downstairs of the 3 and 10. I could be wrong. Uh, if I am wrong, then uh, please do email in studio at radioreverb.com with burden of proof in the subject title. And, uh, and another reason for you to email in, actually, which is something which puzzled me... Um, the other day when I was looking at it because I, I was on the pier and I was admiring the big wheel the wheel of excellence as it says in the booth <laughs> oh is this the new thing on the seafront that appeared when I left the country yeah uh, I'm it, not sure I'm not sure how I feel about it mixed well, feelings but, but this is I mean part of the thing uh, that I was discussing uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago in your absence was uh, the fact that it's been thrown up so quickly that you know I doubt how long it's going to be around for does it just feel temporary because it was so quick to be built yeah because right. you know the things that are around for a while take a long time to you know, put up as far as I can gather. Uh, buildings, for instance. Um, <laughs> so wise. Whereas, uh, <laughs> where I've been watching loads of grand designs. <laughs> it takes ages. But anyway, yeah. So something which you know, like like the ice rink thing, which is going to come back obviously uh, this Christmas outside the pavilion. That doesn't take very long to put up. You know, before you know it, you're walking past going, "Oh, it's great big ice rink." Whereas the, the wheel was like, "Well, they, well, they built a platform there." Goodness me, what's that? Oh my god, it's a wheel. And that, that was all in the space of about two and a half, three weeks. Did they just drive it up? Pretty well, well as like far a, as I can Like a carnival would. I think it's um it's just like a giant a giant kind of Meccano set, really. Oh. You're you're more up to date with uh, planning regs in Brighton. Is the I three sixty still happening and does it still have that terrible name? Um as far so well, it was like the big viewing tower they wanted to build. Yeah, the, well, well the first pier. time the first time that I saw the platform, um, which is obviously next to the the, the current pier, um, I thought that that was the I three sixty. I thought that was sort of building the tower thing for the uh, for a platform for the i three sixty. But obviously, uh, I was wrong about that. And I was like, well, I didn't. And no one told me about the wheel of excellence. And that's just sprung up. But um, I've no idea. No idea. Mm. I think it's all a bit put on hold, really. My my biggest grievance is the name. It sounds like a bootleg game console. The i three sixty. Like you buy in a Beijing market. Oh, it's an i three sixty. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. It just. I don't know. I'm not convinced by the name. They need to work on that. Okay. Okay. What would you prefer? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. A, I think if we've got the wheel I'm not an of ideas man, Reese. I'm a criticism man. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to moan about things, not to contribute in any active way. Right. I see. Okay. You yeah. Misunderstood my role here. But what I'm saying is, the i360 is a bad name. Right. I'll let them know if they come up with a good name. Okay. That's when I'll chime in again. Yeah. Okay. So for now, until they come up with a good name, you can just sit there, arms crossed, shaking your head. Yeah. Just arms crossed, griping. Yeah. No. Yes. No. No. Uh, Maybe what, people could email in with suggestions of better names. Perhaps they could call it the wheel, the Tower of Excellence, uh, as they have the Wheel of Excellence. Are you sure it's called the Wheel of Excellence? No, it's not. Well, not necessarily. But um, is that on, just what they've written on the base? On the side of the, each booth, they've they've called it the Wheel of Excellence. Oh, but part, I mean, part of the reason why I brought it up in the first place was because um, I, I looked and, and I noticed that one of the booths was was black when the rest of them are white. 
Oh, right. they do that on the London Eye as well. It's got one um, kind of golden, different coloured carriage as yeah, well. Yeah, which is which when I on closer inspection, I noticed was the VIP. Oh. And uh, and and it's it's considerably more expensive, and you can also order sort of a half a bottle of champagne in there with you with three other people. Um, but yeah, I it's myself, not that big. It's not like you'd have a big not, soiree. It's, in it's, there. No, it's no bigger than any of the other booths. Um, but also one thing which would I think dampen the kind of the whole VIP vibe is because you know you're still going to be at some point sort of eye level with the people in either side of you you're just going to be like <laughs> they're just sitting there packed in shoulder to shoulder like commuters well I don't think I mean I don't think you can get more than four people in one of those booths I've, anyway. not, I've not really examined it to me. I only saw it last week having returned to Brighton amazed that it had appeared well yeah I mean it's a pretty amazing thing um, but I'm just wondering what's, what's the VIP about it do they play well, it's a different colour and apparently you can have champagne in it you can have champagne in it but I'm pretty sure you could probably sneak a little cheeky bottle of uh, Carver <laughs> into one of the other <laughs> yeah turn your own one into a VIP <laughs> one maybe that could be a challenge for you try and turn one of the regular ones into a better VIP one yeah. than the designated VIP one <laughs> um but yeah, I was just I was just curious if anyone's been in the VIP booth or on the wheel itself, or even looked into it from another booth exactly. to see what fun's happening that you're missing yeah, out on. Exactly, it's not does like it have tinted windows or something? No, no, no more tinted than the rest of the windows. Oh, but this is one thing: you just be you just sort of like be leaning over and going, going what did you pay fifty quid for? <laughs> is it is it quite a lot more than to I be think in the so, VIP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oh, quite it's, it's significantly more, and especially with if you get half a bottle of champagne on top. There you go. Um, so anyway, if if anyone's been in there, I, I've never met. I've, I've never. I don't know anyone who's been on the Wheel of Excellence at all. So uh, I'm, I'm curious as to what you can actually see from up there, apart from the Amex building. And uh, it's a key Brighton landmark, Chris. That is a key Brighton landmark. Although it's coming down, isn't it? So um, is it? It's not going to be. God, so much has changed. I leave for a little while. Well, that's why they're building the whole thing behind it. I didn't know they were building. I don't go to the Amex building very regularly. <laughs> if you look, if you I look, know I should. If you look back towards the Amex building from the pier, then uh, you can see the big gleaming building behind it, which they're replacing the, the wedding cake with. Oh crikey! Because the wedding cake is. Is it still going to be where Amex is? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. They're not firing. We're not losing a load of jobs or anything. No, nothing no. I should be sad about here. No. Okay, that's no. all right then. In fact, they've probably created jobs in the construction and the demolition okay well that's alright then I'm process. fine with this um, I, but I, I'm wondering if they're going to demolish it I'll be curious to see if that I can compare it to WTC7 <laughs> uh, I always because um, they keep up in London they always kept demolishing but they do it in a really boring way I really want a proper demolition like yeah, you yeah. see on videos where yeah. they, they bring it down with explosives but they do this thing where they just kind of build up a big uh, load of protective stuff around it and then it just gradually disappears like a slow motion magic trick boring very boring. I want things to explode and make and, lots of noise. And dust to you know, fill yeah. the streets. I'm in, I'm in the Jerry Bruckheimer school of <laughs> dealing with buildings. Um, well, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see if that's going to happen. But I, I imagine they have to build the first one before they... Well, that, that wouldn't... No, they would. Yeah, they'd have to transfer all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, just, they'd have to move all the things out of the office. Just reason. blow it all up. Just set a fire alarm one day, get them all outside. <laughs> Floor it. Um, anyway, we're going to play... Um, one of my favourite songs, certainly my favourite Pet Shop Boys song. It's a sin. Here we go.
sort of fades out to uh, sort of uh, synthy noises for the next sort of 15 seconds so we'll spare you that uh, but uh, in the meantime uh, I've, we've been both actually in absolute silence racking our brains I've been flicking through the Argus TV guide uh, to see if the same surname to build a Hollywood celebrity family out of. In the hope of finding people, exactly, that's exactly it. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't fade your mic up then. That uh, was cruel. No, <laughs> yeah. That was very cruel, passive just ag- silencing me. Passive-aggressive there. Um, Censoring me. <laughs> so there we go. Um, I thought of um, I thought of Palin, Michael and Sarah. I thought that would make Yeah, Michael big... and Sarah, that would be a brilliant reality TV show. Michael yeah. and Sarah Palin travelling around the world together. <laughs> that would be good. Sarah Palin just sort of shooting things off the back yeah, of the Jeep. While that's Michael good. I reckon, we could, I reckon we could pitch that. I reckon we could get that made. We can work with that. Palin's we? across the globe. <laughs> that would be good. Um, yeah, so there we go, Palin. Uh, we, we thought of Smith. We started bringing up some... Uh, we had Will Smith, had Will Matt Smith, Smith Mel Smith from... From Smith comedian. and Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Um, and uh, Kevin Smith, film director. Yes. Um, we couldn't think of any female Smiths. I no, I don't know why. It's <laughs> loads. I was trying to do one with. I was, another one I was thinking was maybe Stuart, like Patrick Stewart. Ooh. Was it French Stewart, the guy in Third Rock from the Sun? That's right. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart. John Stewart. That's right. They could all hang out. That'd be a nice little reality TV show. Um, the Stewart family. The Stewarts. Yeah. Is that the? the I think they're spelled slightly differently. No, they might not be. Actually. No, I think, no, I think all, you're okay. I think they're all with a W. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, and uh, there should be loads of Joneses as well, but um, but yeah, and yet we're struggling. It's, it's surprisingly difficult, but I still think there's there's legs in this. I think so. I'd I mean, like to see. I'd like to see a comedy. Sc- I think the more one is the best one. That's the one I came up while half asleep. Yeah. I would honestly watch a TV series in which they played a nuclear family. <laughs> Roger and Demi hanging out. Hanging out. They're, they're trying to deal with Dudley and Michael <laughs> off on getting getting themselves into scrapes all the time. Yeah. I think that'd be quite good. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of uh, slightly, slightly cheating with um, Wikipedia, but um, oh come on, you can't use that because that will just give you a list of everyone with a surname. Harry Hill and Lauren Hill. There you go. That's the Harry Hill and Lauren Hill would be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it away now. But Harry Hill and Lauren Hill. There you go. I could almost, I could almost combine two here so that we can have four people because I okay. think the, the Palins and Hills world adventure. Yeah. I think sending Harry Hill, Lauren Hill, Michael Palin and Sarah Palin off yeah. on a tour around the world would be good television. I would watch that. I would certainly watch that. Definitely. With bells on. Yes. Um, there we go. Um, I, there's been... Um, I, I don't know if you've seen... if you You know, you don't have TV and st- all that sort of stuff, but um, they're, they're advertising on Channel 4 this new kind of... Um, if it's an advert on Channel 4, I will be completely <laughs> unaware of it. But it, I mean, if you watch anything on 4OD, then it will, it will come up through that as well. Um, and it's a thing called Super Me. Uh, which is basically this sort of, as far as I can gather, it's this rather large, ambitious sort of Channel Four um, personal health, social sort of development uh, game, sort of massive thing uh, that incorporates technology from The Sims and uh, and makes you you can kind of have it's almost like a, a, a MMO RPG. Um, massively multiplayer online roleplay game. Massive multiplayer online roleplay game. That's the one. Um, in that you can kind of control someone and, and get them to boost their confidence and boost their skills in various different But are different these things. real people? Uh, no, no, they're, they're not real people, on? but they're... I've not even grasped con- the basic concept here. <laughs> con- Is it just someone's playing a giant game of The Sims? It's it's like this enormous sort of uh, online game of The Sims, but kind of the part, the, the the reason for it, the point of it is not just to sort of um, build them a big house and, and make, or build them a tiny house and make them cry. Uh, the, the point of it is to... 
is to d- sort of give you little skills through these through all these little games that develop you as a person as your character develops then you kind of develop it as a person you pick up these skills you pick up these so uh, it's kind of pseudo educational thing yeah I mean yeah the, but the, the fundamentals of it is that it's it's a, it's a large educational thing uh, and, uh, and I'm just I'm just I'm just curious about it really because I think you have to log in through Facebook in order to sort of get the full oh. functionality and I'm loath to do that because I don't really want um, I just don't want it sort of um, in in, in Encroaching on my encroaching on my quality Facebook time than I have. I quite like. It's been a big trend of the kind of educational um, online game things. There's mm. been a few good ones. The government's rode back on it a bit since the cuts. Yeah. But there was a really good one that uh, one of the health groups did, where it was about spreading cold and flu a couple of oh, years right. ago. And it was a, the problem with it was it was a genuinely fun game where you had to try and spread cold and flu in different locations. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And you got different units. So um, the elderly were easier to infect, but moved more slowly and infected fewer people around. Oh, I see. Children were really good because they kind of run off and they yeah. can infect loads of people. Stick their fists in their mouths all the time. Yeah, but they weren't. Um, you got fewer points for them, mm. and then you got regular adults. But it was quite good. So you got this big crowd of children, old people, and it was different locations. So you'd be in the park, and you'd be at the supermarket, and you had to pick just one person to infect, and they how would. Did you, how did you infect? You sneezed on them. Well, they, well, they, you just click them, and then they would sneeze, and that would scatter out, and you try and hit as many people as possible. Oh, I see. And then right. they would walk around for a set amount of time, and then they'd sneeze. Yeah. And it was a case of trying to infect the entire. Screen. It was a really good game. It was so, supposed so, to raise awareness of. You know, washing your hands and not getting a cold and flu, but it mostly just made me get quite hooked on trying to infect as many people spreading as possible. Spreading the disease. Coughs and sneezes spread diseases. I think that was the thing, but I love little educational games mm. like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I'm, I'm curious as to see how Super Me uh, sort of develops, and because and I looked at it, I, it looked like a really weird advert for a computer game at first, but then they were like, Join in the fun. It puts you in all sorts of weird social situations and stuff. But it kind of tries, it kind of tries to. Um, to educate you in, in in all aspects of kind of personal, social, health, and and, and economic education, uh, which I say as the you're talking to the person who's got no works. telly, so yeah. I don't, I'm not up on this. If care. I'd have seen the advert too, maybe we could have had a more constructive conversation. No, I was just I, I was just bringing it up because I think maybe it might become more prevalent. It might be more talked about in the next couple of weeks, and I thought I'd well, give you a little don't. head start. So that you can, so uh, I can you know, look it up on the internet. Yeah, and know loads about it by the time next time it comes round. Right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Next week, I'll try and find out about it. I think you should. Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, reviews for the new Tintin film. And are you, are you a Tintin? Are you a fan of the originals, the uh, the cartoons? Uh, I didn't really know them that well. I have gone and see. I've seen the new film. Though. Have you? Good, uh, is it good? It's all right. All right. Because they they seem to hate it in the Guardian anyway. <laughs> I really yeah. I, I thought it was all right. It, was, it kind of it was strange. It did everything it should do, but at no point did I get excited or really kind of enjoy it. Mm. I was expecting to go through it with a big grin on my face. What's the animation of it like? Because it's quite it's quite a weird sort of spooky kind of. Yeah, it's a little bit near the Uncanny Valley that one. Oh right, which I don't is, know what the, that is the Uncanny Valley is the line where. You can have something that's an animation and a cartoon, right. and people go, oh yeah, that's nice. Or even a robot that just yeah. looks like a robot, and people go, oh yeah, no, that's cool, I understand that. But the more you try and make it look exactly like a person, mm. um, if you can get something that looks exactly like a person, people are fine with it, because it looks like you or I. Yeah. But if you get to the point where you've made it look almost exactly like a person, it's like you'll see um, in footage of Japanese, generally in Japan, mm. um, robots and things like that they've made, where they've tried to make them look like a person. Yeah. They look really creepy. Yeah. It's kind of like mannequins can get there as well, if you make a mannequin look too... Okay, yeah. And it's called the Uncanny Valley, because it's kind of part of where your brain starts saying, no, that is a person, but there's something really wrong. Yeah. And that's when people get really uncomfortable and really freak out. Is that what people think when they look at you? Maybe, yes. Mm. That's why I grew the beard. <laughs> that's a good but, idea. Uh, but that's called the Uncanny Valley because it's one of those things that robotics manufacturers for ages were trying to make 
robots that look more and more like people. Yeah. But actually, people got really uncomfortable yeah. around robots that look like people, and they kind of preferred the robots to look like robots. Yeah. Um, and it's referred to as the Uncanny Valley. Well, that's interesting. Also raised in the popular educational science fiction programme Red Dwarf, where Crichton's design was referenced as actually being a later model than the one that looks exactly like people. Right. Because people didn't like the ones that look like people. So oh. Crichton outranks the ones who actually look like real people. That's very interesting. That was fact. an episode where they and thought Lister was a robot, you see. Always a good way of, uh, <laughs> of bringing, Relating things, of bringing things to Red Dwarf. Yes. Uh, good, the Uncanny Valley. Well, yeah, I know. I can imagine. I can imagine just having looked at the uh, watched the trailer and seen some of the screenshots and stuff that the sort of Jamie Bell character is a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit too weird. Wrote, written by what's his face from Adam and Joe, though. Is it Joe Cornish? Yeah. Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright. Mm. Of um, spaced fame, oh, right. and hence the inclusion of Frost and Peg. Yes, mm. and Moffat, the bloke who wrote uh, Sherlock, the new Sherlock series, and Doctor Who. Oh, Stephen Moffat. Yes, those three are the writers oh, or right. screenplay writers. Yeah, I was with Spielberg say, directing. Because I'm sure Herge would have something to say about that. Yes, well, he's he's long gone. Um, but uh, it brought me on to thinking about um, uh, Nick Nick Frost and Simon Peg, because I, I lost, they've fallen out of favour with me personally. What have they done? I don't know. They just uh, run, fat boy, run. Is, is it was inexcusable? Well, there's only one of them in that. There was there? only one of them in that. And that wasn't. They wasn't. They didn't but write that. Frost probably said that it was, was directed okay. by David Schwimmer. Yeah, I know. But the fact that he did it, I don't know. I don't know. I just think they've come a long way from space, which is where I sort of uh, they their their images are, are forever in my mind, uh, solidified by that. Well, the only ones that them you need program. they need Edgar Wright as well. That's the key thing. If it's oh, one that all three of them have been involved in, then you've got then spaced. It's good. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz that's it I wasn't a big fan of Shaun of the Dead either I must say oh, well that's just you hating fun yeah probably. so that's your problem not theirs that is my problem indeed um, yeah so uh, so there we go um, I, I don't know they, I just think that they've got to do a little bit of work in order to get me back on site that's all I'm and saying and you're the key demographic <laughs> that's all really. I'm saying the, yeah the local I think that we could I think that we could take them me and you when you say take do you mean in a fight no as in as in, as in take their uh Take their spot. Take their spot in the national yeah. spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Because we've got a bit of a frost and peg sort of uh, look about. Are you pitching yourself as peg? By any chance <laughs> yeah, here? yeah. I'm pitching you as frost. Why? Why do I have to be frost? <laughs> because you've got a big beard. Frost doesn't have a big beard. Um, this is your way of saying frost is the fat one. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Uh, possibly, possibly. I don't know, but anyway, it would make sense. Um, <laughs> No, it wouldn't. This is a terrible, terrible plan. Um, I, I, and I can't think of it. Uh, Nick Frost and David Frost. I was about to say Nick Frost and David Frost. They could and, do a good show together. Uh, Joe Frost. Joe Frost? Who's Joe Frost? I don't know. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. The, There's no the fictional winter personification. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure there was a as Joe Frost, Joanne Frost. I no, might, I think you've, you've made that up. I think I might have just... I'm going to change the subject slightly here okay, and ask, because it was something I was meaning to ask you about, is whether or not you're superstitious. Are there oh. any superstitions you observe? There are, actually. I, I know I, that's funny you said that, because um, there was one superstition in which in which uh, if you see a hearse with a, a coffin in it, then you have to hold your collar until you see a dog. You have to hold your collar until you see... I've never heard of that one in my life. Well, I, I and know. you do that, do you? I didn't know. Well, I, I was doing it yesterday, but I was driving, and I was like, this is dangerous. And that is I, very I, dangerous. And, and, it's, and it's past peak dog-walking time. It was about sort of nine o'clock in so the morning. So you see a hearse, and you've got to hold your collar until uh, you see only, a dog? Only, only, if there's a, only if there's a coffin in it. Only if there's an, a loaded coffin. A loaded, yeah, yeah. Wow. I've not even heard of that one, because I grew up with my grandmother. is very, very superstitious. So yeah. loads of, you know, you can't cross on the stairs, no shoes on the table... Can't open an umbrella indoors. No shoes on the table is not superstitious, is it? That's just hygiene. Yeah, it's, no, superstition's bad luck. Mm. A lot of the, but a lot of superstitions are based on kind of common sense. Like crossing on the stairs is probably a bit risky, and walking under a ladder 
is obviously a bit risky. Yeah. So there's things like that that you can kind of see where the superstition came from. But she had loads of them. Mm. Saluting a magpie. Saluting magpies, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I remember you saying. Um, I, I'm reading a very good book at the moment. It's uh, At Home by Bill Bryson. And it's um, it's the first one he's done. It might not be the first one. He did, he did that uh, Johnny... Thunderbolt or something, the Thunderbolt Kid, Life and Times of the Thunderbolt Kid. That one. Uh, I don't know if that was in between uh, a short history of nearly everything and this, I think it was. this current one. Um, but anyway, this current one that I'm reading uh, at home, which uh, sort of chronicles all the different rooms in the house and how they came to be and how we, we've come from. Uh, what was the first one then? The hall. The hall was yeah, the first one. The hallway is. We weren't um, we weren't sleeping anywhere. Well, no, I mean we when just it, had a transitional space. When it, yeah, but that's had. the thing. What he was saying is when it came, um, how it started off is that the hallway is. is just a non-entity at the moment it's just a, a way to get to some to another room whereas it actually all started off which is why big old houses are sometimes called halls um but uh, it, it started off being as, as the only place that there was uh so you'd have these huge just spaces like a warehouse basically and you that just was sleep it would just be called a hall and the servants and the, the the family would they would all sleep in the same room still all stay in the same area and it was the hall and then it was only when i feel um, like if i'm wealthy enough to have staff and servants i can afford more than one room yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't have rooms. They, the, the, the idea of the idea of privacy, the idea of sort of closing yourself off into a different room to do something different, was was completely alien to them. So they, they had a shelter, and they just had a big space, and um, you know, and a, just a, a big fire in a hearth in the middle, uh, which of all the smoke would get up to. And then, and then, very interestingly, um, when they sort of invented fireplaces and shoved the fire to the side, and so when only the heat came out, but the smoke didn't. Uh, where, that was a big day. Mm, whereas previously, obviously, the 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 rooms, because the fireplace is just in the middle of a closed area, um, just the whole top of the house would just be smoke. Whereas when they um, when they moved the fireplace to the side and actually well put sort of chimney in there, then uh, then they were able to actually create an upstairs that wasn't just a choking hazard for the entire time. Uh, and that's when that's when sort of individual rooms started to come about and people started. Uh, you know, reveling in the sense of privacy that they had. Very interesting stuff. And uh, I'm very, I'm not very good at when it comes to reading books because uh, I've got loads of other things that distract <laughs> me. I'm not very good when it comes to reading books. Well, yeah, because I just don't have the uh, the, the attention to sort of um, to dedicate to them. But um, I mean, I've had this book for like two days. I'm page like a hundred already. Wow. That, I mean, for me, that is actually quite incredible. That's- Good going. It is good going. I you should so. try short stories. More manageable that. Well, way. this I mean, just do little short stories. I mean, another Bill Bryson favourite of mine is uh, Notes from a Big Country for that exact reason. In that it's 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 just a collection of his newspaper articles from when he moved from um, from when he moved from Yorkshire to to Rhode Island or New Hampshire, um, and that was just really really sort of easy to do. It's very good. Very so basically, good. what you're saying is you're only willing to read things if it's really easy. The maximum. And it's basically like reading a magazine yeah, article. Three pages max. Uh, anyway. Um, We've come to the end of our show. Thank you very much for joining us. 97.2 Burden of Proof. Um, And we shall return uh, next week. Stay tuned for Ears Wide Open if you're listening on Saturday.